This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only nationally syndicated golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by Acura, precision crafted performance. Acura, celebrating 30 years in Canada. Visit Acura.ca for the 2018 lineup and dealership incentives. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sakito and Bob Weeks. Good morning, Canada. Welcome to GTC. Zakino Weeks in studio with you on this Saturday in October. And it's a weird Saturday, Bob. It's it's like the tour is in Korea and almost feel it almost feels like they're not playing, which is weird. You know, because <laughs> you, you kind of wake up to what happened. You know what I mean? I was just sort of going to bed last night and I got the alert on my phone. You know, I've got all these things set up there. It says, oh, Adam Hadwin just teed off and he parted the first one. What? It's like it's, 1030. Yeah, I so know. You sort of forget. Uh, so there's that. And then there's the... Uh, Spanish Masters, the Andalusia Masters. Mm-hmm. Sergio Garcia is the host on the European Tour, and they've had stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. They're officially down to 54 holes because of uh, weather issues. That's right. Uh, it just It's weird. It, it, I know there are things going on. <laughs> yeah. It just feels like they're not going <laughs> That's on. That's right. And Sergio, by the way, uh, uh, and we will do leaderboards, obviously, later in the show, and we'll get, try to get you caught up on where they are here in Valderrama because the website is saying something different than the television. <laughs> so yeah, they're, they're fighting great. with one another, but we do know this. We do know that Sergio is leading the Valderrama Masters, uh, Andalusia Masters at Valderrama, uh, and it would be his back-to-back uh wins at that event, which he's the host of. And no one has told Sergio, uh, Sergio Bob that it's not good manners. It's kind of rude, isn't it's it? It's rude to win, win your own, own party. Yeah. It's like yeah. hosting your own birthday party. Yes, and eating all the cake. Yeah, so, that's right. What you get up to this week? Actually, I do know what you got up to this week, but our listeners might not. You had a nice little jaunt out to Winnipeg for 24 I did. Um, so one of my uh, other sidelines in my world of uh, many things is that I uh, am a avid World War One history buff, and my grandfather fought in all the big battles, Vimy Ridge and the Somme and all those things. So I went out along with uh, a former colleague from my Globe days, uh, Stephen Brunt, who works at that other place. And uh, we gave a little talk on sports in the First World War on behalf of an organization called the Vimy Foundation, which tries to preserve uh, the attention and the notoriety and things about the First World War battles. As Of course, this uh, just a couple of weeks, we're going to celebrate the 100th anniversary of the end of World War One, and this is kind of a part of that. They're doing a speaker series across the country on various topics, and they've put out a book where they've taken a whole bunch of photos from the First World War and colorized them. It's really cool. That's very cool, they made yeah. a movie out of it, and uh, this organization also does a lot of things where they sponsor trips for kids. They take about 20 ki- high school kids from across the country every year, send them over there, and they go on a journey, and they see all the different places, and they're each given a soldier who died in the war and they got to find out about him and they find his grave or his markings on the Vimy Foundation or on the Vimy Memorial. So it was a fun day. And it was 18 degrees I was just going to say. 18 to, degrees. I was going to say to our listeners in Winnipeg, because we have a ton of listeners in Winnipeg, and I, you know, I do uh, Rick Ralph's sh- uh, show all Rick the was time. there. Was Rick, Rick there? Up. And so was Derek Ingram, coach of the National okay. Men's team. So Rick's a great guy, and uh, I do I do his show quite often, and uh, we have a lot of listeners in Winnipeg. So guys, if you could just send some of that weather yeah. to southern Ontario just for like a couple of weeks, it would be so good. And just one more throw out, because this event took place at the Manitoba Sports Hall of Fame, which is a fabulous... Are you part of that Hall of Fame? Fabul- no, that one Are I'm you not. sure? <laughs> That's right. Fabulous spot, and they've got a good display on now about uh, some of the Manitoba athletes who went over to the First World War. Oh, there you go. Now, speaking of Hall of Fames, before we get into today's show, I'll give a shout-out to Mr. Andy Donato, the yeah. cartoonist for The Sun. Yeah. You know? So Andy's been doing that forever, right? Sure. 
and, and quite the artist as well, Andy. You know, he's a member at the Toronto Hunt, okay. as am I. I know he's an avid golfer. Right. So, you know, my uh, very avid golfer. Andy will play in everything and anything. Yeah. And, you know, Andy's <laughs> the first guy out there. He's the first one out on the tee in the spring and the last one to put him away. Right. So, uh, but, uh, you know, my, my back kind of been having issues again. Well, knock on wood, it's feeling good. I'm going to hit the trainer again today. So, my back's almost kind of 100%. I'd say it's like back to like 85%. Okay. So, you know, I'm feeling really encouraged, but I realize. You know, I need a firmer mattress. I can't sleep on the soft mattresses anymore. I right. need a firmer mattress. So head up to the old Scarborough Town Center this week. <laughs> and uh, Mrs. GTC and I are mattress shopping. And, uh, you know, yeah, up there, mattress shopping. And uh, because this is a family show, there would be no jokes about my wife and I mattress shopping. Okay? <laughs> all right, Scully, you filthy mind behind the glass. Scully, We're all thinking it. it. All right? Uh, and I walk in, and on the screen, it says, Congratulations, Andy Donato, for making the Scarborough Walk of Fame. Wow. Which they have up at the Scarborough Municipal Building and Scarborough Town Center, that's, right? They put the stars big, on the that's ground. That's a major. Right. So I figure... Because I've grown up in Scarborough, I figure that, you know, I'm not going to get into any Hall of Fames or anything like that. Maybe the Walk of Fame? I'm thinking Scarborough is like, that's my best bet, Bob, to somehow get into the star. Yeah, get my (laughs) star on the sidewalk. Maybe they could shape it like a golf ball and put dimples on it or something. Well, good for Andy. There's always hope for you that's, next year's class. Right. Well, they're letting Italians in apparently. Oh. So, <laughs> congratulations, Andy. All right, we got a good show. We got some winners. Where to what? I've got a rant. Uh, USGA and RNA have their head up there. You know what? Again, so that's interesting. <laughs> I'll explain that as as we get in a later show. No surprise there. Uh, Donald Trump uh, building bridges again, as always. That's what he is. He's a bridge maker, right? Just. just <laughs> Look no at comment. The guy's <laughs> face. We'll get into that. We've got uh, winners, weird and what. We've got uh, we'll preview our year review specials coming up as well, yes. which are coming up. So we'll bring in some Scully time for that. But uh, let's get to some news and headlines. News and headlines is brought to you by Porter Airlines. Now flying direct to 16 Canadian destinations and seven U.S. destinations direct, including Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Visit flyporter.com. Porter Airlines, flying refined. Well, in news and headlines, this is kind of a weird one, Bob, because it's not a bad news story. It's one of those things where if you just took the the title, if you just took the the, the first the first line in the story, you'd go, oh. <laughs> Uh, but it's really not. It says rounds down in the U.S. this year. But that's really not the story. Well, the rounds for for the year are sort of at this point are sort of down a little bit. But they basically now have a way where they can scale rounds played against days available. So, in other words, if if a day gets rained out, uh, that doesn't count. And before it would just be a, an actual macro number, and you didn't know if it was really comparable. And so what they've actually said is, yeah, it's down. I think one point two percent or. Uh, right around there, depending on where you are. This is in the U.S., mind you, but they've lost more days to rain, to weather. So actually, they're the actually up on a percentage actually, basis. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's actually a good news story if you flip the days available. And you'd have to be living under a rock to not realize what's happened to some major Gulf states this year: Florida, Carolinas, yeah. Georgia, with the hurricanes that have come through. Exactly. Like, you know, the fact that uh, rounds are even where even near where they were last year, uh, it, you know, is probably a big win for the golf community. The other know. thing that's interesting is that the number of people who are playing are playing more rounds. So that's really? good. Too. Yeah. So if you've got 
a little more avid players out there, which is good, and and the numbers have st- basically stabilized from year to year as well. So there's no no one's dropping off per se, uh, there's no drop off, and those people who are there are playing a little bit more. In related news, offices are finding less staff in, <laughs> yeah, in, in exactly. the, uh, on Friday afternoons. <laughs> on sunny funny days. enough, interesting <laughs> on sunny days. Yes, uh, Michelle, we is this she? Is she like the bad luck news bear? Like Michelle, yeah. we here we go again. You know, as soon as she you feel she's kind of making a turn or you know getting the career back on track. There's, there's an injury or something that comes falls into play. And here we are again, gone for the rest of 2018 now with hand surgery. Yeah, now there's not, there's there's really, they're playing this week and then there's three more events, including the big finale, their, their season into the CME race to the globe. So, I mean, there's some significant events, but she's not missing on a lot. And, and you, you, know, but, it's, and it's you Japan, hope, China, Florida, right. so there's a lot of tourism. But you hope she does get back. She had a micro break. She's had pain in her hand. All year, and they couldn't figure it out. She's had MRIs and X-rays and all sorts of things, and they finally found some kind of micro fracture, some weird bone. So she had surgery to repair that this week, and hopefully she's going to come back uh, at the start of the year, which is, for them I think is in February. Yeah, it's a it's a little bit of a later start for the LPGA. Yeah, go to the Bahamas. Yeah, late January, early February. late January, or February. So hopefully she's healed up and ready to go for that, and she can kind of keep some maybe some momentum and uh, going and and. Uh, I don't want to call it a comeback, but the last two years certainly does feel like a bit of a comeback for Michelle Weed. She won last year, right? Yeah. Tour, so that's good, yeah. Uh, speaking of winning and comeback, not that she ever went anywhere, but it seems now that maybe uh, LPGA is kind of maybe growing their legends and their senior division a little bit more. Uh, LPGA Senior Championship happened. Uh, There's a Senior U.S. Open. Senior Women's U.S. Open for the right. first time this year. And uh, Laura Davies, uh, again. Sweep. The sweep down at Brandon Sweeney. My buddy Brandon Sweeney's French like Indiana uh, resort. Yeah. That's where they had it. Man, did you see some of the images? Of yeah. They were dressed like in parkas. I know. Well, Indiana's not that far south, so I mean, but you're right. But she uh, she wins again. She won. She went on a walk on the U.S. Senior Women's Open earlier in the year, so she's still very competitive. She's been competitive on a couple of events this year on the regular tour. Is that... Here's a question for you. You love when I do this. You love <laughs> yeah. when I do this. Last week we were talking about the Hall of Fame inductees into the World Golf Hall of Fame this this upcoming year. Laura Davies is not a member of the LPGA Hall of Fame because she never met the criteria. Right. And that's always been one of the biggest knocks with the LPGA is it's the hardest hall to get into because it is firm criteria. It's set. But they don't allow for gray areas. Uh, if you people who played a lot of golf overseas or wasn't you know U.S. wasn't their home back in those those eras of Laura Davies era, like Laura Davies not being in the LPGA Hall of Fame to me that might be the biggest misjustice in golf. Is that the biggest misjustice think, in, in, in professional golf? Probably, yeah. I mean, she's earned a lot of distinctions. She's dame. She's been you know, right. She's been honored by the Queen. So I think you could probably make a rule for her. That, that, but at this point, they're not changing the rules. But you're right. I think I think Laura Davies is. Probably one of the top five uh, LPJ golfers of the last fifty years. She's Scully long, by the way. Yeah, she she's is. Scully she's long. got little tiny ankles too, and she never warms up. You know that? No, I didn't know she's that. Basically, she'll just walk to the first tee. Really? Yep. She's got tiny ankles. Tiny ankles. That's what I always thought. I don't know why. You want to elaborate on that, Bob? I don't know why. You and Laura. I just watch her. Are you I just sure? watch her on the on the tee, and that's the first thing that comes out. I'm going. Boy, she puts a lot of power, a lot of torque into those little feet. It was but. a warm summer at Pebble Beach when I noticed Laura <laughs> Davies' ankles. That's, that's, that's where this thing, is going. <laughs> that's where this. You know what I always loved about Laura Davies? It's it's kind of, uh, and I've actually a friend of mine, Dave Picton, who's a, a friend of mine, and uh, he's working with a trainer. He's working off like uh, explosion positions from the ground, like to, to yep. use the ground and to use that in his golf swing, and. 
we were talking about it early when he started in the process, and he wasn't um, couldn't like couldn't really uh, get the concept of what we were talking about. So I went on my phone. I show who did I go to? I didn't go show him Greg Norman, who I could have. I, I could have picked a bunch of great drivers of the golf ball. The person I sh- I showed him was Lori Davies. Lori yeah. Davies at Impact because I said you want to see somebody who uses the ground at Impact. <laughs> She's on her toes like a ballerina. She oh, yeah. pushes off. So so her and Lexi, right? Her and Lexi's another one, right? And I said and he's like, ah. so now Dave, who's like you know six foot five. Is now like seven foot two at impact, so he's like he's like on his toes, right? So yeah, very very cool. At Congressional, finally a news. I don't know if you recall a couple weeks ago, I told you that Congressional's uh, going through all these renovations. They're going to shut the big deal with the, with uh, PGA, PGA of America, America right? right? They're going to be a Ryder Cup course. They're going to be a PGA of championship, uh, championship course. PGA. Well, yeah. you know they they forgot a couple of things. When you remove seven thousand trees, you might want to ask the municipality and the, the that you might need a couple permits for that. And they did. They didn't do that. They just started Ooh. taking down trees. So the, the the good news is this: they've been they haven't been blocked or stopped. They've been warned, and they've been asked to just halt, and the permits on the way. And I every, think you know, in the city of Toronto, it's basically if you chop one down, you got to put one back up. We have a three to one ratio three at the one, Toronto okay. Hunt, and they still won't let us take trees down. I know at our place they're gonna we're gonna take some trees down, but they're I think what they're gonna do is put other trees up, obviously, but they don't have to be in the same place. So every member is getting a tree to take home to plant. But there you go. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. All right, the tour, uh, PGA Tour, the CP Cup at Nine Bridges there in Korea. Brooks Kepka about to become the number one player in the world. We'll take a look at it next. This is GTC. This segment of GTC was brought to you by Acura. Precision crafted performance. Acura, celebrating 30 years in Canada. Visit Acura.ca for the 2018 lineup and dealership incentives. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the TP5 and TP5X Golf Ball. Five layers make it exactly like nothing else. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to switch today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to GTC. Zucchino in studio with Weeks. Shout out to Chris McHugh, handles all our social media for Golf Talk Canada. He's up listening to the show, and he said, Zucchino, you said CP Cup instead of CJ Cup. Oh, yeah. There's too many Cs. With, with and, the Canadian. Oh. Yeah, there's too many Cs. And I can't J's even get C and, and CP oh. straight. Now. I'm just going to call it Nine Bridges. The tour's at Nine Bridges. That's easier. Tour you know what I found really interesting, Bob? Uh, yes, before, before we get into this leaderboard, when we talk about, and this is you know something, you know, obviously we're not have enough time to get into this. But the reality of the golf world in PGA Tour world is the PGA Tour is a six-tier tour. It's the majors, and then it's the players by itself, then it's the World Golf Championships and the uh, playoffs in the, third, in the third tier, right? Then it's like the Memorial and Bay Hill, Bay Hill and maybe you know a couple others that have uh, you know rich history and are attached to people like Nicholas and Palmer. That's that's tier four. Okay. Then there's and there's no disrespect to our national championship because to us it's a big deal, but to the rest of the world there's Canadian Open and there's uh, you know the the Valspar and good on to, classic maybe on to classic good tournaments, yeah. that are, but that's a, that's tier five best in class, kind right? Of. That's tier five, okay, and tier right? six, and then there's tier six, which is do you know how many regular golf fans? I'm not talking about lunatics. The people that we love and the people listening. And we love you. And thank you. Because without you, Bob and I have no one to talk to. (laughs) So thank you, lunatics. And you know who you are. And wear it with pride, the lunatic badge. (laughs) 
But with the except- exception of the lunatics, there's tier six. Yes. Which are these tournaments right now. The people don't even know the tour is playing. Yeah. They keep coming. When, so when uh, they started in Hawaii, right, Bob? Yeah. But how yeah. many times have you gotten that, right? Like, hey, are you going to Hawaii? I get asked that a right? lot. They don't know the tour's even going. I think they sort of do it only when they see the highlights or they see the sco- the, 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 the leaderboard. It's like a like reminder thing, not like, right? Oh, yeah, right. right. But right. This, this place where they play in Jeju. It's stunning. Is, yeah, it's yeah. supposed to be off the charts. But, like, People have stopped their pools. Yeah, People have, like, I right. mean, like, they have no clue, right? Yeah. But now, speaking of that, that's a lovely intro to what we're going to talk about. <laughs> I'm going to talk about now something that most of you don't care about. Uh, you should care about it, though, because Brooks Kepka has a four-shot lead over Ian Poulter and Scott Piercy, a five-shotter over Rafa Cabrera-Bello and Cameron Smith and Jamie Lovemark. Also, so, also, Pat Perez, Gary Woodland, and Chez Revy also in there at eight under five off the pace. But this is important for a couple things. Brooks Kepka. Brooks Kepka is going to become the number one player in the world. Mm-hmm. And he was very open this year about one of his goals coming into this new season is, I've got to win more in his in his terms, in his words, quote, regular PGA yeah. Tour events. Can't just win all majors. Just, all I do is win majors, <laughs> yeah. right? That was his knock on himself. So to get to number one, does he have to wrestle uh, Dustin? Is that what He's the, got, the, there's an arm wrestling three, match three with ar- or Dustin. Or is it a three-round three uh, boxing so match? There's, no, there's three events to get to world number one. You win the tournament, you <laughs> yeah. arm wrestle Dustin Johnson, and then you must sit in a room with Ian Poulter for an hour as he tells you how good he is. <laughs> okay. And that, Once you get through those three things, you're number one in the world. So <laughs> Brooks Kepka, four-shot lead heading into the final round. Let's hear from the three-time major champion. I didn't have any bogeys. Um, that was kind of the big thing. I felt like, you know, especially birdie in 9 and 10, uh, that was a big up and down there. And, you know, <laughs> unfortunately, three-putted the next. But uh, just got to work on the wedge game. Wedge game wasn't very good today. Uh, the ball was definitely flying a little bit further. Um, so it was definitely a little bit different than the last two days. Yeah, we talked about that. It, when it warmed up, the ball did go a little further. We're up at altitude. How difficult or much of a challenge is for you to manage your length? And you've got a lot of finesse at that to be disciplined when you can and go for it when you can. Yeah. It's interesting. These fairways are are so tight um, that you kind of come down on it a little bit harder and deal off the club even a little bit more, and then the ball goes even further there. So you just got to be a little bit cautious of it and and try to make sure you're hitting the correct shot and and know where where you want to leave the next shot from. Uh, But, you know, off the tee, you can take advantage, take over, um, you know, hit it over a lot of these bunkers um, and give yourself a good opportunity. There's no chance he blows a four-shot lead, is there, Bob, was on a Sunday? I know it can happen, but this guy's a closer, right? He's pretty good. He's pretty good. And, and, uh, and you know, he's deserving of being number one in the world. So I don't think it's, a, it's like, not surprising or shocking no. or we don't look at the system and say, how can this guy get there? He, he's, he's played well And we will years. touch on that again in Winner's Weird and What. Uh-huh. Um, because, you know, I'm full of uh, rant uh, in Winner's yeah, Weird and okay. What. So I need some positive as well. So, okay. But the, even my even my winner makes me angry this week. <laughs> so, uh, now, in the mix here, but, well, you know, I'm going to say, it, well, we're calling it in the mix, but he's six back in a tie for 10th. And Jason Day, somebody who I really thought after he won at Wells Fargo, you know, I followed Jason Day for four days at Wells Fargo, called every round of his until t- he found the winner's circle and eventually won earlier this year in, in North Carolina. What a wonderful that golf course is. Quail Hollow just a stunning club, mm-hmm. stunning golf course. Uh, I thought, okay, here's a guy who's going to sneak out a major somehow this year and going to have a big year. And it kind of just went into neutral. And he never found the winner's circle. And I, I kind of think at some point, 
He's got to break out. And the reason being is he's just so good a putter. You got to win more when you're the best putter. Did you hear him this week? He said he practices two and a half hours a day of just putting. And yeah. he loves to putt. And the he guys... looks forward to putting. <laughs> I, I, I thought, what kind of sick individual? Well, a lot of guys were calling uh, BS on I him, think but... so, too. I was vomiting Man. a little in my mouth. I wonder his back sore. Uh, when he said, I love to putt, I, putt. I look forward to putting, I, I, t- yeah, I vomited <laughs> a little. I got to tell you, it's true. I'm like, who looks forward to putting? Maybe two and a half minutes a yeah. day would be What good. kind of sick, in the, twisted individual? <laughs> I think Jason right. Day is like the nicest guy on tour. Now I think he might be the most twisted and demented. Yeah. Who likes that? Hogan sat up in his grave, <laughs> rolled over, and strangled himself when he heard Jason Day say he loves putting. Now, speaking of Jason Day, six off the pace. He had a bounce back yesterday with a 65. Let's hear from Jason Day. It's disappointing walking off uh, nine yesterday, which was my 18th hole, a bogey nine, um, and didn't really play that backside very well for me. So, um, you know, coming out early, uh, 7.40 tee time was very, very cold. Ball wasn't flying as far, and I made a mistake on three, pulling up short in the bunker and pulling my third shot and, and plugging it, making bogey on a par five. So it really didn't get off to a good start, but then, you know, when five happened, I hit one in there nice and close. Things kind of started to ease and started getting the ball in front of me, which was nice. And, uh, you know, I just had 14 one cuts today, so that, that definitely helps. You know, today was such good conditions that you could actually attack the golf course, you know, and, and get after it today, which was nice. And if you could get yourself in the right positions, you could definitely give yourself the opportunities on the greens. And uh, that's all I said to myself after those uh, early bogeys. I just wanted to, you know, give myself. I didn't realize I was going to shoot seven under, or I didn't think I was going to shoot seven under. I just, you know, things just started happening, just going on from five and having five birdies in a row definitely changed the way I felt about you know, the possible outcome of shooting something really low and getting myself back in the tournament. So it'd be interesting to see how these guys play the back nine, um, you know, behind us. And uh, hopefully the lead doesn't stretch too far. But, uh, you know, I, I know I need to shoot another low one tomorrow to win, to win the tournament. Yeah, six back, he's going to need some help. He's going to need a low round. But at the end of the day, Kepka starts with a four-shot lead over Poulter in the final round, trying to become the number one player in the world. On the other side, if you're thinking of going to Scotland or Ireland, we, you know, we've done this before with T.J. Rule from Golf Away Tours, and we've profiled uh, you know, both countries and what, how wonderful they are to play golf. But there is a new, unique way of doing it. It's very cool. It's a company called One Ocean Expeditions that have partnered with Golf Away Tours and T.J. And, Bob, they've taken over cruise liners, mm-hmm. and they have, like, updated... It's a different kind of cruise line yes. that we can get into. I'm yes, sure, TJ will. We're too, yeah, and it is. Uh, these were ships that used to go northern, um, exp- southern, ex- southern ex- exhibition uh, expeditions, correct? Yeah. And they have like uh, made these now uh, luxury uh, facilities with suites and dining yeah. and this that. You fly to Dublin, you get on one of these ships. And eight days later, you have visited Scotland, Ireland, visited some of the greatest Lynx golf courses in the world, and some of the ones that you can't get to by car. Beautiful. Which is really interesting. So we'll get into it next with TJ Rule. This is Golfway This is Golfway Tours. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by the TP5 and TP5X Golf Ball. Five layers make it exactly like nothing else. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to switch today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by JPSM Golf, Canada's leading distributor of electric walking golf trolleys, including CartTech, MotoCaddy, and Stewart Golf Dream Machines. Visit jpsmgolf.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino and Bob Weeks. 
Welcome back to GTC. Bob, you have been to Scotland and yes. Ireland. Yes. And I love playing golf over there. Yes. But one of the hardest things about one of those trips is getting around, right? Of course. There's no straight roads. What if you could do it by ocean? Ah, that's straight. Now an option. Spoke to TJ Rule from Golf Away Tours earlier this week, now partnering with a company called One Ocean Expeditions. And the beauty of this is it's luxury. It's five-star all the way. You play the best golf courses in the world. You play some courses you can't quite get to by car so easily. And you don't have to do the unpack, the pack, the unpack, the pack. This luxury ship is your home for the week. It's such a good opportunity, and they have an early bird special. I spoke to TJ Rule. TJ, we spoke a little bit about this off mic, and I wanted to get you on the show because what a unique way of a golf vacation. A new company, Ocean One, or One Ocean, excuse me, that you're now partnering with. And I've done this trip or, or portions of this trip before, and I know a lot of our listeners have as well. But if you're thinking of doing it again, or you're thinking of doing it for the first time, this is an incredibly unique way of experiencing the greatest Lynx golf courses of the world. Yeah, and, you know, we've been, I've been on the air with you quite a few times talking about Ireland and Scotland, and, um, you, know, you know, I love it over there. And uh, the Lynx golf courses over there are amazing. And this is just a unique way, like you said, of, of really seeing some great golf courses, um, some a little bit off the beaten path even, and then some of them top 20, top 30 in the world. And doing it while staying on a ship, uh, being at sea at night, um, a cool, uh, you know, cruise that that is just a, a unique experience to go in and experience some of the best golf courses, links golf courses in the world. So, give us an idea of, of what it's like to experience a, a world class luxury golf trip on on a cruise liner. Uh, where do you fly into? Uh, where where's, where does it start? Uh, what type of accommodations are there on the ship? What kind of ship are we talking about here? Uh, this is brand new to all of us, TJ. Yeah, this, that's what's really cool about this. So this is a Canadian company, uh, One Ocean Expeditions, that we've partnered with, and they've just uh, they've really focused in the past on Arctic expeditions and Antarctic expeditions. So their ships are really um, based on on those types of trips and scientific trips, uh, research trips. And now they've just gotten into these uh, these golf trips. So the ships are actually old expedition or scientific expedition ships that they've retrofitted into a sort of, as they call it, a floating hotel. And so the rooms, there's a, there's a great variety of rooms. Anything from, you know, three single beds in a room for, for somebody who wants to go, uh, you know, as cheap as possible up to these beautiful suites. And the, the ships aren't all that big. I think the, the one that goes over to Ireland and Scotland only has about 150 people on board. They have a ton of staff. So it's really based on Great service, but it's not a massive ship like you would see, you know, in the Caribbean or down in the Mediterranean. So, um, you know, they can get around. And, and the unique thing about about this ship is that they don't come into port. What they do is they come up close to the golf course. You jump on a Kodiak, and they bring you right up onto the beach at the golf course, which is a pretty cool experience. Yeah, so you just you just get off at the beach. You walk up to the golf course under the first tee. Boom, you play golf. So you're not going into a port and then driving an hour and a half to a golf course. So that's a really unique part about this uh, about this ship as well. So the, the trip they have, the first golf trip they did last year, this past year, was on the east coast of Canada. And they're doing that one again next year. We can touch on that later. But this is the first one they're doing in the U.K. and Ireland. And it starts in Dublin. So you start in Dublin and you head up to uh, Macrahanish in, in Scotland, which uh, which is such a, a cool spot. It's very remote, so it's hard to get to on a normal Scottish golf trip. 
Um, it's an old Tom Morris golf course. Some say it's the best first tee shot in the world. You're right on the edge of the of the sea, and you're hitting over the beach. It's a pretty spectacular uh, spectacular setting in, in a top 100 golf course in the world. And then you go from there back over to Ireland to play at Ballyliffin, which is where they hosted the Irish Open this year, uh, and then up to a place called Askernish. Askernish is really unique because it's a golf course that um, old Tom Morris built way back in the day, and then it just basically grew over and wasn't a golf course anymore. And about, I think, eight or ten years ago, they found this golf course, and they said, we have to, we have to bring this back to life. So they basically just cut the grass. And it's this old Tom Morris golf course that's just so natural and unique, and, and not a lot of people get to play it because it's way up in the, uh, in the islands uh, west of Scotland. Um, so that's a pretty cool experience. And then beyond that, you go back, you go around Scotland and you go to like Royal Thornwick, which is top 20 in the world. You go around to Aberdeen and play either Royal Aberdeen or Cruden Bay and then end, end in Edinburgh. So it's a pretty good cross-section of golf courses. There's some amazing cross-sections, edge of world, end of the universe type of golf. And then, you know, top 10, you know, Royal Dornock, top 10 in the world type of links. Uh, what a unique way to get around. Uh, so obviously a bunch of different uh, accommodation options, like you mentioned there, so you can go as high end as you want or, or as entry level as you want. But I'm assuming you eat most of your meals on the ship. There's a chef, uh, so you're eating and, and, and kind of gathering with the other people on the boat. Yeah, that's right. All that's included, uh, food and drink. and uh, It's an all-inclusive experience. And, and again, the service on these things is just is just top-notch because there's – you know, there's there's one staff for every four people on board, so it's a it's a pretty high end uh, trip, but the price point is really good. And right now, the reason we're really talking about this right now is they're offering a great deal right now. If you if you buy this uh, a spot on on this trip before November 15th, they're offering a thousand dollars off. So right now, the the deal is just is just incredible. People should really jump on it. We have in, more information on the trip on our website, golfawaytours.com. People can go there and take a look at it links into where the uh, uh, some information on the ship and the rooms that are available and the suites that are available, uh, all the pricing is there. This trip, uh, to start off, it starts off at, like, just over $4,000, and that's before the uh, the discount. So, um, you know, and if you want to go up to the uh, to the suites, it's about $9,000. These are U.S. prices. But, I mean, compared to what you can pay on other ships and other golf cruises, this is an incredible deal and a really cool experience. You know, what also is nice about this, TJ, from a guy who's done this a few times, some of the greatest challenge or one of the biggest challenges on a trip like this is you, you do so much land, you get very adventurous because you want to get to these golf courses, and you end up packing again, unpacking, packing again, switching hotel rooms. And uh, it's just part of the journey. It's tiring. But what this is such a nice way of doing it where, you, you know, you don't have to unpack. You just you're kind of the, the, the ship is your home for the week. What a lovely way to experience this. Now, you, you teased something earlier in the interview about uh, potentially doing a similar trip like this to eastern Canada. And I know the Gulf in eastern Canada now is as good as it gets uh, almost anywhere in the world. Uh, tell us a little bit about that, and i gotta, I got to guess that Cabot uh, Links and Cabot Cliffs is part of this adventure. That's a good guess, Mark. In fact, it's where they start this trip. And um, they did this one this past uh, this past June uh, as their initial golf voyage, and uh, it had it came back with some rave reviews. And basically, it starts with uh, you know a couple rounds at Cabot. You play both the courses at Cabot, and then you go around uh, and over to Prince Edward Island, play Crowbush Cove, uh, and then up into some uh, very uh, remote islands, Ile de la Madeleine, where there's a nine-hole golf course. Um, and then over to uh, Highlands Links, 
um, and then down to Sable Island. So it's got a good mixture of uh, of locations where they stop off. And there's, you know, some pretty cool golf, obviously, there from top 100 in the world or top, heck, top 10 in the world, like Cabot, to some remote golf courses like that one in the Ozilla Madeleine. And um, and then there's also some cool sort of non-golf stuff as well. You can do sea kayaking, you can do paddle boarding, and they have a good non-golf program as well. And it's something I didn't touch on for the for the other trip. They do have a non-golf program for those who want to bring maybe a spouse that doesn't golf or a friend that doesn't golf. Um, so there's that as well. But this trip is uh, is pretty cool because, as you said, uh, Eastern Canada is becoming uh, a pretty well-known golf destination with Cabot coming on board. And, uh, but it's not the only spot to golf out there with, with Highlands Links and Crowbush Cove and some other great courses on the East Coast. Uh, TJ, before we let you go, because obviously we wanted to have you on today to talk about uh, this cruise opportunity because it's unique, it's new, they've got an offering. Uh, if, if you want to jump on this and you're thinking about Ireland or Scotland for next year and you, and you want to do something completely different, now's a good time because uh, this is a, is a special way of doing it and they've got a great price. But... Yeah, for our listeners in southern Ontario, and I know a lot of our listeners coast to coast across Canada have been dealing with this for a while. Our friends listening out in Edmonton, I know for sure, have been dealing with this. Uh, but uh, southern Ontario, certain parts woke up to snow for the first time uh, this year, uh, this week. Oh, how depressing is that? Uh, Very. <laughs> too soon, my friend. But, too uh, soon. If you, wanna, if you just looked out your window and went, I'm not ready for this. Uh, Calgon, take me away. I want to get out of here and go play some golf. Uh, what's a great southern destination right now if you just wanted to bolt? Don't need a lot of time. Don't need a lot of uh, pre-planning, but you want to play some great golf in shorts and a shirt. Where, where, where should they be going right now? Yeah, and it is a time to start thinking about that, isn't it, Sandy? But, uh, you know, the this is the time of year where if you want to extend your golf season, um, the rates down in, in the Caribbean and, and in the U.S., uh, for the most part, are really good in, from here until December. Now, the high seasons typically kick in in January and February, but a lot of those resorts are really looking for people to come down in November and early December because they're a little bit quieter, so they give us some great rates. One of the resorts that we've talked about a little bit before, you visited it, and the PGA Tour is going to be there next month, is Mayacoba down in Mexico. And we have a great relationship with the, with the Fairmont there, and they really push us to try to get people down in November and December. So the rates they're giving us right now for like an all-inclusive five-star resort with a PGA Tour quality golf course are, are really, really good. So that's one spot that we'd recommend. Um, there are so many good spots, though, as you know, in the Caribbean. Like uh, Jamaica has some great golf and, and some really nice resorts in the Montego Bay area. Uh, Casa de Campo, as we've talked about before, is, is an amazing resort uh, with great golf. And, and, uh, and again, they're looking for people to come down at this time of year. So there are so many different options, but this is a good time to, to travel between now and Christmas because the rates are really good. My favorite Caribbean golf resort in the world is Casa de Campo, so, and I've said that on the air many times. But that Fairmont at Mayacoba is tremendous. And uh, from just a resort standpoint, man, I'm working the OHL Classic Mayacoba this year as well, TJ, but I got stuck with the studio gig in Washington. So, uh, ah, too uh, bad. <laughs> my three years in a row at the Fairmont is uh, the streak is over. The streak is over. That's too bad because it is a pretty cool spot. You know, it's unique with all the – uh, you know, canals through it is like Venice, right? Where you go like paddling down the canals and it's got a beautiful beach area and of course an awesome golf course. So yeah, yeah it's a really Mrs. cool golf spot. This is Golf Talk Canada. Not too happy about missing that one. This year, so. <laughs> TJ, thank you as always. TJ Rule, Golf Away Tours. Uh, get out there, experience uh, the world and do it through Golf Away Tours. TJ, always a pleasure. Talk to you soon, buddy. Thanks so much, Mark.
Always great catching up with TJ and uh, GolfwayTours.com is the place. GolfwayTours.com is the place. And I would say this. there's Obviously, you can do a lot of things last minute if you're going to the south or whatnot. Fine, it's fine. But if you're really thinking about Scotland or Ireland, whether this cruise is attractive to you or not, or whether you want to hang your hat in St. Andrews or hang your hat uh, in in Killarney and do the southwest of Ireland, you got you got to plan those ones. They're big ones. You need time. Yeah. It's not, you know, so get out there. Do it. If you're thinking about it, send an email. Poke around. It doesn't hurt. GolfwayTours.com. On the other side, get you caught up on everything GTC for the winter. We've got some year review specials. We'll get you caught up on our schedule moving forward here on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura, was brought to you by JPSM Golf, Canada's leading distributor of electric walking golf trolleys, including Kart Tech, Moto Caddy, and Stewart Golf Dream Machines. Visit jpsmgolf.com. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of Golf Talk Canada is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit weathertech.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to GTC, as Adam Scully would like to say, as we wind down the front nine. <laughs> yeah, I know. Very nice term. That's his. Yes, he copyrighted have, that. We, yes. Every time I say that, I owe, I owe him three cents. <laughs> yeah. It's official. Three cents. And three cents starts that up. Over. You know, if you, uh, you'd have to say it probably four or five thousand times to make up what he has owes you for what we've beat them on on the golf course, that- right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. oh, we're going to get a shot in Scully time in hour two. There it is. There it is. <laughs> That's right. Hour two coming up the backside. Uh, Adam Scully for some Scully time. And we got some winners weird and what. We'll take a look at other leaderboards in the world of golf. But before we get there, as we unwind the first hour, a little winter uh, housekeeping schedule. We're going to stay live with you actually right through to November the 17th. So Golf Talk Canada will stay live with you right up to November 17th. And then our year in review Specials will kick in uh, for November, December, January, with the exception of December the 15th, Bob. That's right. Festivus for the rest of us, our annual Festivus special where we will air the grievances, the occasional feats of strength. uh, Always a popular day here on Golf Talk Canada. Bob, question for you. Okay. Who will win more in 2019? Ooh, I like these. Brooke Henderson or Tiger Woods? Oh man, that's a good question. You are the king of making these things up. I just it just dawned on me because I think both of us are very encouraged. We're bullish. Yeah, for both. Yeah, I will say Brooke Henderson. I think Brooke's going to have a monster year next year. And what's monster four? Yeah, four, pl- and one of them will be a major. And not th- and not. Uh... And does Tiger win three times? No, I'm going to put Tiger down for two. Two. Yeah, four right. and two is what I'm four going to go for. Four and two. So we'll we will ask Adam Scully the same question at Scully time. At Scully time, and I'll get his who who wins more. Four is a lot, isn't it? Four is a lot. But four I say four. four. I think she's going to have a boomer year next year. I, I I'm going to say Brooke Henderson wins more than Tiger Woods as well. I got her at one less win than you though. Okay, you I got, got three her three and two. I got three and two. Okay. Yeah, I just and it's not a Brooke thing. It's man, like the quality of the players in the top ten on the on the LPGA. It's like you know what's funny on the LPGA tour is as good as that is. It's like every once every 
I don't know, eighth tournament, there's someone you don't know, yes. you don't think of that yes. jumps up and grabs one. Well, right? for that matter, I know she's a, a household name now for golf fans, but you know, previous to the last 12 months, where did Charlie Hall come from? Yeah, well, you that's know? right. You know, and no, now I know she's super young. I right. know that, so that's part of it. But it's like... And the other thing too is, you know, you know, we talk about world number one in the men's game and how it's been a bit of a revolving door since Tiger left. Well, couldn't you say the same thing about the LPGA Tour, right? Yeah, like the LPGA Tour, the way they do their stats, the Rolex rankings, it actually hurts Brooks so much to play. She plays so much. Yeah, it's would backwards. Be, yeah, she plays way more than anybody else who's in the top ten, and it's it's just sort of the way they divide something it up. inherently wrong, it up right? Bit. Something right. inherently wrong with a system where you get penalized for playing and right. you get rewarded for eating cheesies. Yeah. There's something wrong about that. It's like stay at home. Michelle Wee's out, you know, with a yeah. wrist injury. She's Could've probably going to go up 20 That's spots. Yep. Yeah, moves up 20 spots uh, at home eating haagen Yeah. Like, just doesn't make <laughs> exactly. sense, right? Because if you can move up the, the ladder in the world by sitting at home and eating haagen I'm your guy. <laughs> That's right. I'm your guy. All of a sudden, I'm the God Zucchino. He's really he's regi- he's on regimented on his training. <laughs> That's right. You don't need a trainer for that. I could train you for that. (laughs) Uh, All right. On the other side, winner's weird and what? Scully time. Your review. Also, I forgot to mention, we did a Twitter poll. And is there something wrong with the modern game? Does the golf ball go too far? Was our question to the Twitter universe. This generated to me more, not just like, Votes. Choices, but, but actual comments. Hot, and they I, were I educated. Them. Very good. Good comments. And we're going to get into that in our next hour because we asked you, does the modern golf ball go too far? Is there a problem with the modern game? And your choices were, no, it's all good, leave it alone. Uh, dial back the golf ball or leave the golf ball alone and give us a better setup. Give us something more like we saw at the Ryder Cup. Let's narrow some fairways. Let's grow some up. Those are your three options, and I think you'll be surprised at the answers and some of the commentary, and we'll get into that in our second hour. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, the first good decision on the golf course, it always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit weathertech.ca. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Golf Talk Canada. For blogs, show archives, video highlights, and TV schedule, visit us online at golftalkcanada.ca. We'll be right back with more GTC. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. To plan your next golf holiday, visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Hour 2, the Back Nine of Golf. Talk Canada, lots to get to. Scully time. Leaderboard updates. Do you think the modern golf ball goes too far? But first, it's 3-dub. It's winners, weird, and what? And Bob, the T is mine. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Well, my winner this week, Bob, is what we're anticipating happening overnight. Brooks Kepka winning... On the PGA Tour, nine bridges in Korea, which will uh, make him officially the number one golfer in the world. And the reason this is my winner is, you know, I have 
not a fan of the official world golf ranking system. <laughs> I know it's you know it's the only system we got. I just don't think it works. And I was very critical, and people came after me on social media when I was critical about Justin Rose being number one in the world. And it wasn't sh- a shot at Rosie at all. But Justin Rose, regardless, I, I actually had this conversation, this dialogue with Jamie Rydell, who you know knows his stuff yep. inside out, Jamie. Yep. And I have a problem with a system that identifies a guy as the number one player in the world using a 24-month window, when in either of those years, he was never going to be player of the year. Right. Okay. He was never threatening to be player of the year in 2017. He was never going to be player of the year in 2018. He has three worldwide wins in the last 12-month period. Three worldwide wins. One of which is a bit of a, a, a weak field or a diluted field in the Turkish Airlines Open. Okay. Uh, it, it rewards a lot of consistency. And I get that's how the system's built. There should be more weight in winning. And a guy who wins three of his last six majors, that's the number one player in the world. And when we finish, hopefully when we wake up tomorrow morning, we have a Brooks Kepka world number one because he was slam dunk player of the year, Bob. Three majors in his last six uh, major starts. Got to be the, the favorite moving forward into into 2019. He is the number one player. Well, sure. And I think I think the, the difficulty with the world ranking system is that it, it doesn't represent who's the number one right now, really. It represents who's the number one over an extended period, whether it be a year or two years, whatever you want to look right. at. And definitely right now, Brooks Kepka is the number one player. My weird, you're going to love this week. Because, you know, when you <laughs> think of Donald Trump, the president, uh, Donald Trump. You think of a you know real bridge builder, a guy who unites. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> As we all recall, Doral had a very rich history with the PGA Tour. Yes. right in Miami, uh, it was a World Golf Championship for many years. It had a rich history of a regular tour stop prior to the WG Series being uh, in existence. I remember duels down the stretch with Tiger and Phil yeah. at Doral. And uh, in recent years, the World Golf Championship left uh, left Trump Doral after the president bought it. Uh, I don't think the tour or Cadillac or anyone wanted to be too close to the Trump train at the time. It's a sticky right. situation. And ironically, uh, the PGA Tour left Trump and went to Mexico City for the Mexico Championship. That was ironic at the time. That was weird at the time, considering all we heard about was this wall that was going to be built. Yeah, I remember Rory McIlroy suggesting, well, I guess we'll all have to go jump the wall to play That's the Mexico right. Championship. Right. It was quite amusing. Well, what was announced this week? Trump Doral is back in bed with the PGA Tour. They will host the finals of PGA Tour Latino America at Trump Doral. I just think this is great. Absolutely wonderful. Maybe they're going to do like a big walk like this. This big, this, big, this big caravan of people that is coming up right now from Honduras and Guatemala. Maybe there's some golfers in there. Lower the wall. Yeah. Let you, you, Frank. Open the wall. I They've got this. golf clubs. I love this world. Unbelievable. <laughs> it is like, it's just, you can't write this stuff. You can't make this stuff up. This is why uh, Larry David <laughs> and, and, and Jerry Seinfeld stopped writing Seinfeld. Yeah. Because, like, the it's real world real. has gotten more bizarre than Bizarro World, right? So, uh, absolutely unbelievable. My what this week? Like, what is the USGA and RNA doing? Like seriously, Bob. They do these things. Like now, we're all supposed to go to the website and give us, give them our feedback on uh, does the golf ball go too far? They're looking <laughs> at distance there. Do you not remember the period of a year where they were taking our feedback on how they were going to modernize the rules of golf? Yep. 
and now we've got these bizarre convoluted rules of, you know, you they're still out of bounds. You can go three off the tee or you can walk up to the point of entry, walk to the fairway, drop, and now you're hitting like another, like it's bizarre. The drop was going to be, you could like go from an inch off the ground. That Now it's moved to the knee. Now we're putting with the flag stick in. Like I said a couple weeks ago, if they really were listening to the golfing public, all you have to do is go to any public golf course, any private club, anywhere, and just watch regular people play golf. Yeah. Most people hit it Here out of go. bounds. They can't find it. You know what they do? They go to the closest point of entry. They drop and they play. That's what people are doing. They don't listen to anybody. No. And here we are now this week with the green reading books. <laughs> I get a lot of Which tweets. Which affects how many people? But we're talking about the the prof- people playing the game for a living. That's right. it. That's it. And they went through this long period about making a decision about green reading materials. And there was a big cry because pace of play is a big problem on the professional game sure. too. And people mimic what they see on TV. And then we got to deal with this on a Saturday afternoon at wherever you're playing golf. But it's too these guys now get out these green reading books and they're studying them for like like it's it's adding what do you think 20 minutes around a green reading book Bob on average uh, 15 not sure that much but anyway yeah it's gonna no, it's, add it's, it's, it's okay. sure. for for certain players we thought yeah for certain players is a good one but all there has to be is one in a group right, <laughs> right. we really thought that there was going to be a strict ban on this coming right that they, and and the potential that they were just going to not be allowed at all they come out with this rule now that as of 2019. Green reading books are still uh, still legal on, on on professional tours. All they've done is limit the size of the book, like it has to fit in your pocket, and how much magnification you can have to green specs. You can't get within, I think it's three eighths of an inch more magnified. Okay, so we're still going to have guys going through pages and pages of notes, looking at this, looking at that. What happened to? Being able to read a green as a fundamental skill skill set in playing the game professionally. Sure. Like this is did you not find this ruling bizarre and a waste of time? Well, it's just another example of kind of either of being halfway right or wrong. Like yeah, just they're almost a they're a little say, okay, pregnant. Out or it's in. No, they're a little pregnant. Uh yeah, it's the same thing like and it just takes so long and it's it's like the uh the, the anchored putter. Same sort of thing. It's yeah. like Kind of got out of it, kind of didn't. I don't know. Right. Anyway, yeah, but you can still use it, and if it's grazing you, no one calls on it, yeah, and it's not anchored, and it's we're a little bit pregnant again. Very complicated. Uh, okay, I'm gonna take some oxygen, <laughs> and the tea is yours. <laughs> okay. So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun. We're having fun. <laughs> Look, it went further than your ball. Well, my winner this week is actually a group of people. It's the PGA Tours caddies. I love this. So the PGA Tour caddies have an association, and for the last couple of years, well, since 2015, actually, they've been involved with a lawsuit against the PGA Tour, and they've been stating that they shouldn't be forced to wear advertising on the caddy bibs uh, because that's kind of a restraint of their trade. They want to be able to do something to help them out. Why should they be walking billboards? Now, they get kind of got turned down a little bit at almost every stop along that way. But what they've done, and I credit Jay Monahan, the commissioner of the yeah. PGA Tour, they've said they've come to a realization. So they've, they've dropped the lawsuit. The Caddy Association has dropped the lawsuit against the PGA Tour. And in return, they're going to top up, the PGA Tour is going to top up the health benefits account for these guys, the, the, the caddies. Now, of course, if you lived in Canada, you get free health care. Right. But so this is a big deal in the <laughs> this U.S. Is a big, it's a big deal because these caddies, of course, need a lot of 
assistance. They get lots of wear and tear on their bodies, yeah. and uh, they get broken down, and they need some help. So now they're going to get a little bit of extra money for uh, health and insurance bills, which well is a done. great move. I think yep. everybody wins in this one. Um, I haven't talked to any caddies about this to see if that's what they think of, but certainly from the from the top point of view, it looks like a really good scenario. And well done, Jay Monahan. Yeah. I, I think this is great for all of them. All right, my uh, my weird this week. This is so strange. So last week I told you about the lady who punched her husband and got, got arrested because yes. he didn't invite her to play golf. Right. Remember that? Yeah. So that took place in Fairfield, Connecticut. So I went looking for another story this week, and I found another one in Fairfield, Connecticut. What's in the water? So here, I don't know, but listen to this one. This is a story about a guy by the name of 58-year-old Joseph Kalenda. He turned himself into police last week after a search warrant in his home found more than $2,500 in stolen golf balls. Now, essentially, what this guy would do is he would go out to golf courses, to driving ranges, and he would just steal the golf balls. He ran out of balls, so he would go on. If you hit your shot over a hill, yeah, a blind yeah. shot, he you would see go this out all and the steal, time. Yeah. steal your golf balls. The police report that over the last couple of years, he has stolen 20,800 golf balls from one course, the Patterson Golf Club <laughs> in Fairfield, Connecticut. Now, how they caught him, he made a bit of a mistake. Here was here was his mistake. He's a pretty smart guy, I would think, for being able to steal this and get away with stealing right, right. all this many golf yeah. balls. The problem was he went to try and sell Patterson range balls, Patterson golf right. range balls, back to Patterson golf. Oh, balls. come on! That's probably a problem. That, if that, hey, uh. <laughs> a detective went over to the driving range to investigate the matter by buying a bucket of golf balls, thus revealing where the range balls had come from. The driving range then gave the police Kalenda's name and the phone number <laughs> and the seller of the golf balls. He's currently out on $10,000 in bail, and he's awaiting to hear a uh, court appearance uh, coming up this week, actually, he's been charged with second-degree larceny. What a moron. So <laughs> what a moron. <laughs> it's probably not the smartest thing oh. to do, to sell golf balls with the club's logo yeah. back to the I club. I took the time of uh, painting all your logos on these balls yeah, by hand. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Uh, and my, my what this week is, is unfortunately, it's a visual one, so I'm going to describe okay. what, uh, what Scott Piercy of the United States is wearing on his head. Now, I didn't see this. We had talked about the CJ Cup at uh, Nine Bridges in Korea. Yes. Uh, where they're, uh, I've just been told by Jessica Hadwin, Adam's wife, yes. she, she was posted something that said there's actually only eight bridges there. She's really? counted them all, yeah. Really? The ninth one is a metaphor, apparently. So. Really? wonder for what? I don't know. Anyway, it's very cold over in, uh, it's very cold over there in in, uh, in Jeju, Japan, or Korea, excuse right. me, South Korea, <laughs> and uh, that's got mixed up there. Yes. Anyway, Scott Piercy, who was the second round leader, is wearing something that makes him look like uh, Elmer Fudd. Here's the picture. Okay, I'm going to show this. you the picture. Yeah. Can you see that? It's like yes, a golf yes, cap. With, yeah, with, with, with flaps, the earmuff, with the, the ear flaps, flaps going. On it, yeah. Right? And it's a it's it's a brand name. It's Titleist. It's so, Titleist I mean, it's is wearing like, this. I've Dude. never seen that from. No, nope, I didn't anywhere. know this was anywhere in the golf. Line. So the story is that uh, he got here not expecting it to be this cold. So he went to a Titleist store in downtown Jeju. They actually have a store. Store. And he bought the hat. He bought thermals and he bought rain gear. He said he spent a thousand dollars U.S. to stay warm. Um, all because he just didn't pack properly. Well, he looks ridiculous, Mark. <laughs> he looks like Elmer Fudd golfing. It's, it's like unreal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it obviously worked for a little while because he was uh, leading after 30 It's uh, the new uh, Deliverance line from Titleist. <laughs> yeah, Have you seen it? It's good. It's called uh, Titleist Deliverance. Isn't that wild? Yeah, it's <laughs> oh, well, there you go. And, and you know what I'll do? I'll try and uh, post a link to this on yeah, Twitter account. Yeah, maybe you can tweet so you can that out. Be very, very quiet. Why I putt. 
<laughs> oh boy. Yeah, okay. Well, the show's off the rails. <laughs> yeah. Show's off the rails. We'll put it back on the rails, Bob, on the other <laughs> side. Do you think the modern golf ball goes too far? We'll tell you what you think next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Acura, was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. To plan your next golf holiday, visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of Golf Talk Canada is brought to you by Cedar Bray Golf Club. Don't wait to play one of Canada's top 100 golf courses. Pay $500 towards your 2019 membership and play the rest of 2018 for free. Visit cedarbraygolfclub.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. There's been a lot of conversation in the world of golf in the last few weeks, because the USGA and RNA are back there asking your advice again. They want your opinion. Apparently, never actually going to read anything to send them. <laughs> but they want to know do you think distance is affecting the game of golf? Is distance changing the authenticity, the credibility, the. What was that word? Authenticity. That's it. Okay. It didn't come out right. <laughs> credibility. Well, that's the word I'm looking here for, Bob. Yeah. No, but I, I, it's authenticity like, is right. Yeah, but I'm looking for, like, the integrity, integrity of the game is what I'm looking for. There you go. Like, does par still mean par? Do You know, is there a problem when 360, 380-yard par fours are called drivable par fours? Mm-hmm. Is the integrity of the game in question? That's the question. So we asked the Twitter universe, does the modern golf ball and driver go too far? Or is this a setup issue? If you were running the professional game of golf, would you... And these were the three choices you had. A. A, dial the golf ball back. Mm-hmm. The Jack Nicklaus uh, want. Right. Narrow fairways and grow rough. Tighter, you know, harder setups. The uh, Le National. Right. <laughs> or C, do nothing. All is good. And at the end of our poll... of our voters said nothing. Nothing wrong with the game. All is good. Nothing the projected winner? Nothing is the projected (laughs) winner. Okay, we have an election on Monday. Right, 50%. Okay. Narrow fairways grow rough, 29%. And the last place, with 21%, suggests that Jack Nicklaus is right. Let's dial back the golf ball. Now, we got some very interesting comments as well. Mike Dove from at the Mike Dove on Twitter uh, Mike hit us up and said um, he put a stop to technology and distance. Uh, he doesn't believe we need to hit it further, uh, but he definitely thinks that creativity and course design and setup would be uh, would be a big win. He thought the Ryder Cup, as you mentioned, in Golf de National in France, was a perfect example of what you can do with a setup a golf course, or of how distance still, no matter how far you hit it, can't overpower a golf course if you make putting it in the fairway and hitting it in the rough penal. And I don't know if you remember during the broadcast of the Ryder Cup, Curtis Strange, two-time U.S. Open champion, chimed in as he was watching the Ryder Cup on Twitter. And Curtis Strange said that we should all be learning from this setup. And he feels like he's lost his national championship, that they've lost the U.S. Open. For 
forget graduated rough, forget all these setup things. Let's go back to 1988, 89, 90, when Curtis Strange was winning his U.S. Opens, and let's go back to you put the ball on the fairway at the U.S. Open like you did it this year at the Ryder Cup. Here's here's a cool moment that will dial in right to that, if I can. Yeah, no, please. So the second U.S. Open that Curtis Strange won was at Oak Hill in <laughs> Rochester, just around the corner. I was there standing. I got a spot right by the tee when Tiger, when Tiger Woods, when Curtis Strange was about to tee off. Now, I think he had a one or two shot lead going down to the la- going down the stretch. His caddy, I heard overheard the conversation. That's how close I was. He said off the tee, he said, let's put this ball in the fairway, put the second one in the bunker, and win this thing. There you go. He purposely said that just to avoid that the rough, front right? back, front bunker, yeah. Front bunker, just get into the get it into the bunker because we know we can play it there. You got so that, up and down one by one. You don't one. hear people talking about that now, really, in, in that kind of a respect. But that's basically all he said, and I think he he may have hit a driver, but I think he hit a three wood off that. The team. graduated rough and the kinder, gentler machine gun hand of the USGA <laughs> has ruined the national championship. I mean, that's a whole topic on itself, right? right. Of of just disasters of the US. Opens. Totally. Uh, Chris B, uh, regular listener, chimes in mostly all the time uh, from Edmonton at Euler thirty five thirty five says. Uh, he actually would have liked a, a, an answer where he could have chose both. But that being said, he thinks if you make the modern golf ball spin more as opposed to dialing it back, this is just make it spin thought. more, it'll become harder to hit fairways. And he likes the thicker, rough idea. He likes what we saw at uh, the Ryder Cup and whatnot. So, you know what, Bob? I, I've been saying this, you know, I've been screaming this on our TV show, on our radio show for the last three years, I'm blue in the face. Look at the Vals. Valspar is your best example. Valspar is your middle-of-the-road, regular PGA Tour event. I think we had it on, like, Tier 4 of our six-tier system, right? Or even maybe Tier 5. It's a good, solid golf course. Copperhead at Innisbrook. Mm -hmm. It looks very much like a Carolina golf course. It doesn't look like a Florida golf course. It has uh, tree-line fairways, some undulation. It rolls. It looks like you're playing golf in North Carolina. Nothing fancy. No gimmicks. In your face. Put it in the fairway. Hit it in the rough, you pay. Greens are good, always in good shape. You look at Valspar every year, and the winner at Valspar every year is between 8-under and 12-under. If you go back over the over the last 20 years, you might have an outlier, but if you go back over the last 20 years of the Valspar, it's between 8 and 12 is going to win the Valspar Championship. Regular PGA Tour event. Why? Because it's one of the few stops that these guys play every week that isn't a major where uh, putting it uh, on, in the fairway off the tee, shaping your tee shot, having to deal with trees, having to pick a side of the fairway that you want to be in, not just the fairway, right. uh, is, is, is brought back into the skill set. And yet, you know, it's 7,000 yards, Bob. It is not a long golf course. You know, Valspar, to the modern standard, would be considered a short golf course. All you have to do is look at the last hole that Tiger Woods played at Valspar last year. When he had a chance to win it, he realized he couldn't. He was worried that he wouldn't be able to keep the driver in the That's fairway. Right. So what did he do? He hit, hit a three-wood off. He had a longer shot in, left himself a long putt, and eventually didn't win. That I, is a perfect example of what course design is. a perfect example as well. And I always go back to 2013 in Marion as well. Yeah, I'm like 2013 Marion. It is the mo- it is the shortest golf course in U.S. Open history, modern day U.S. Open history. Off the card, it was 7,000. They never saw Marion once at 7,000 no. from Thursday to Sunday. 69 and change for four days. One of the biggest, longest parts were the par threes. But, right. <laughs> 
One over par, Justin Rose, U.S. Open champion. Yeah. No graduated rough. It's one of the few U.S. Opens we've had in the last 10-plus years without graduated rough. Yep. So no graduated rough. Fairways were 18 yards, 16 yard yards wide in certain holes on shorter holes, a little wider on the longer holes. And we had one over par win, and that is a U.S. Open. Yeah. Not what this other stuff was. No, it's amazing. You know. Coming up next, we'll have to get Scully's opinion on this. So I ah. want to know what Scully thinks about the modern day golf ball because okay. I wouldn't dial it back as a long. young guy too, right? Because we're old, old right? Dudes, we remember. So. I remember these U.S. Opens that you're talking about. I watched those U.S. Opens. I remember golf in the '80s. My first set of clubs were forged blades and persimmon woods. Played a lot of ballad of golf balls. I love the game back. In fact, I think I prefer the old game. Yeah, there's some artistry to it. Maybe we'll get the old British balls a smaller ball. Maybe we should. <laughs> That's you, know, the you know what we need to do. But what, next summer, we got to get Scully out with some old equipment. And we got to get some persimmons to play. We got to find Ballada Golf Ball somewhere. <laughs> and we got to go play Bayview from the tips with persimmon, forge, and Ballada Golf Balls. Oh, that's great. It's a, it's a, it's a little uh, back to the future action there. So on the other side, Scully time, we'll find out. Does he want to dial back the ball? And does he like Brooke or Tiger with more wins in 2019? This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Acura, was brought to you by Cedar Bray Golf Club. Don't wait to play one of Canada's top 100 golf courses. Pay $500 towards your 2019 membership and play the rest of 2018 for free. Visit cedarbraygolfclub.com today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and new Tour 360. Visit adidasgolf.ca. Adidas, geared for more. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zucchino in studio with Weeks and now joined by master producer himself, Mr. Adam Scully, for some Scully time. What's happened, Scully? It's good to be back. You know, I had a week off uh, last week. Um, as you That's guys, your one week a year. Don't get used to it. As you guys <laughs> mentioned off the top of the show, uh, uh, last year, uh, last week, as I was, I was actually woken up last week. And uh, told about a big shout out you guys gave. Oh me. yeah, we were yeah. Yeah. right off. You we did, were we right off the back. Three segments on them. Yeah, probably three segments. <laughs> so I, I, I wasn't quite like Doug from The Hangover uh, last week. Yes. to get the reference, yes. but uh, yes. it was it was a good time. And nobody locked you in a trunk and took yeah. you out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to Where's Doug? Yeah. Where's Doug? <laughs> uh, now you heard us talking that like you know Bob and I obviously started the game. Actually, it's interesting because it's funny because technology curves are are interesting curves. Uh huh. And there's, you know, there's roughly 10 years between Bob and I in age. But the equipment that Bob grew up with and started playing is exactly the same as the equipment that I grew up started playing. So for many years in the golf world, you know, yeah, there were introductions of things. I know you and I joke once in a while about some of the stuff we used to see from, you know, remember the Canadian company AccuForm? Yeah. There was always a, and there was always things coming out. But, you know, the Ballada Golf Ball was the Ballada Golf Ball forever and a day. You, know, you saw one in half? Do you ever saw one in half? Oh, yeah. 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 Up, at Di- up at Dynamic Golf. Yeah, you used right. You see of the inside. When I first started in the golf business up at Dynamic Golf, this is how old I am. My first year in the golf business, I would, I loved, I'm an equipment junkie, so I'd hang out in the repair center, and no one wanted to do repairs. I love to do repairs. Yeah. So I'd hang out at the repair center. I'd volunteer to take the repair shift. And I had to learn how to whip 
a driver on a, on a, it was on a, a skill. Oh, it was a skill. You had to, you know, the, but the winding, the winding. I had to do that the first year I was in the golf business, right? That's how old I am. But I, to get back to my point, you know, the, the equipment didn't change much from what Bob grew up with, from what I grew up with. It was very much the same. Now, today, different planet. The equipment you grew up with compared mm-hmm. to what we grew up with. And, I, and this is part of the reason why I believe people hit the golf ball so far today. Because when we grew up playing the game, the equipment was not, you were not really, uh, it wasn't, you couldn't swing hard. If you didn't hit the dime in the center of the face, the ball, the screws, the ball, the screws, which were literally screws, screws, didn't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. So you, you learn technique and consistency and hitting it in the proper spot first before you could build speed. Because if you started at speed, the ball would go nowhere. Mm -hmm. Now... These kids start the game with, you know, toasters as drivers, big irons, golf balls that don't slice and go out of whack. And they're learned to swing as hard as they can from the time they're in a diaper. And then we'll learn control and technique later. Let's build speed. And now what you're seeing here is technology, modern athlete built from speed from day one. And you're seeing, you know, 360-yard drivable par fours. You know one of the, the biggest changes is the shafts, right? Oh, yeah. The engine. Yeah. The engine and, is and nobody, ridiculous. No shafts were really consistent back in, back the day in those either. days. Now these now things are perfect. So, Scully, knowing what you know, knowing what you've grown up on, mm-hmm. knowing what you know, what I played and Bob played and what your dad played and whatnot, from a, from a young man's perspective, because the 21% that voted on our poll that said, dial the golf ball back, I guarantee you that 21%, is probably the oldest demographic of, of the people that took our poll. What's, what's a 27-year-old or 25-year-old's opinion on this who's a hell of an athlete and hits it a mile? Well, I mean, first of all, I don't think dialing it back is the solution here because, you know, the guys on tour would dial it back, but the amateur golfers wouldn't dial it back. So it'd be playing essentially two different games. One of the great things about golf is that any skill level – can play together, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, the three of us are three different handicaps, and we can play together on any on any different day. Right. Um, I think the game's fine right now. I, I really the, the way the ball is right now. Uh, you look at the way the golf national is set up. Right. Obviously, it's you know it was probably around seven thousand yards. Okay, so are you in favor? Not every week on the PGA Tour because too much of anything's yeah. no good. But are you in favor of you know a handful of times a year seeing more setups like we saw? I one hundred percent am. You know, there Valspar as you mentioned. One other setup I'm really looking forward to seeing is Hamilton Golf and Country Club. Mm. Ah. I had a chance to play there uh, ten days ago. Right, we weren't in town. We we couldn't. I make didn't get it. invited. Yeah. and it is less than seven thousand yards yeah. off the back. Tees mm-hmm. and the way that golf course is set up, the wind can blow. The rough is thick. I'm really was that the first time you played it, Scully? That that is correct. Because the tree removal, oh yeah, is amazing there. Yeah, now, I haven't played it since the trees have been removed. But I saw photos, and I didn't even recognize guys some of the holes I saw mm-hmm. photos of. But but there are some good par fours that don't necessarily require a driver. There are some holes that you can hit anywhere. I think it's the fifth hole. You can hit anywhere from six iron to driver. But, you know, that's where the course management really comes in. So I, I'd love to see more golf courses like that. I mean, like we saw this year, uh, this past year at, at the Masters, we saw 16 under win. 
And at the Masters, it really depends on the conditions. We've mm-hmm. seen in years past if it's really windy, if it's really cold, the, the scores obviously aren't as good. But, you know, this past year, the the conditions and temperatures are really high. So that's really a weather thing. And, and to be honest with you, if no one, no one on the planet has a better idea or control of how their golf course plays or set up than Augusta National. Like, that's the – For sure. It's, the, it's like you can't compare – Unfortunately, we can't compare any other golf event to that because even the USGA at their best, even when they have their head screwed on straight, which is rare, but even <laughs> when they do, uh, they're dealing with a different property every year. Different, you know what I mean? They're not like Augusta. That that's like a computerized property. They got it dialed in under the yeah, ground. Sure. They can, you know, this they can make flowers bloom, make that's flowers right. not bloom. You know, it's like it's nuts. And uh, you know, but you talk about. A perfect idea of you go. We want the winning score to be this. We want the course today to play that. Those guys have it perfect mm-hmm. every year. Well, sure, they can control everything, and that's what I think. Sometimes what what the USGA gets into trouble with is when they go into a course like this year at Shinnecock, they know how it, you know that that course has been picked, whatever a decade out, and they have so much time. I almost think they kind of overthink. Absolutely right. It's not that difficult to really set up a golf course. Absolutely in a way that's going to be fair and challenge players. I just don't think it is anyway. And sometimes it just goes way too much into that respect. But, I mean, there's all sorts of aspects on the legality if you're going to change the golf ball back too, right? I mean, think about think about the uh, the, the, the restraint of trade or whatever you want to call it that the, all these golf ball manufacturers are going to yell and scream about. Well, and, and, and even, you know, they'd have to make some for the pros. You know, here's what yeah. the well, pros can the use. Well, that's the question, The amateurs can, yeah. Well, yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's a, it's a problem we're talking for the, the top 1% of the planet or less. And But here's the other problem, too. Then, you know, to where you're going, there's an assumption of bifurcation, that the yeah. amateurs will play by different rules than the pros, which I don't know is is if if we should actually assume that because most of the governing bodies and, and people have suggested that have a voice in this game that they don't even want to ever entertain bifurcation right. of the rules or there would be illegal drivers already if mm-hmm. that was the case, which they're not. So that means a whole world's playing with a dial back golf ball. And I don't know how you mm-hmm. guys feel, but my buddies who hit it 210 off the tee and they want to give up 10%, <laughs> yeah. they're now hitting it 190 off the tee. And I, I, I just don't see this help in the game. I'm with you guys. I'm like, leave it alone. But you got to get more interesting guys at your setup. Now, here's a better question before we kind of end this conversation. I don't want to dial back the ball, hmm. but next year, guys, we're gonna find we're gonna be playing with a golf ball next year. And I, I hope I'm not like ruining anything here. Uh-oh, there's uh-oh. A, there's uh-oh. a golf ball coming that you're gonna you know be able to pick up a couple of miles per hour. The speed. Just in the ball change. Never mind mm. what's coming with the driver, which is more than that, I should say. Uh-huh. So we're going to love it because theoretically, we are going to, theoretically, I'm not saying it's going to work for everybody, but it's very safe to say that with a new driver and a new ball combo next year, anybody on this planet can pick up between three and six miles per hour. We're talking potentially 10, eight, eight to wow. 15, eight yeah. to 20 yards. Okay. We're going to love that. I, we'll all take that, right? Absolutely. Sure. I can go from 190 to, you know, 202. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right down the middle, Bob. Yeah. Right down the middle. Hasn't missed a fairway since 06. Yeah. <laughs> right. The question is, is that maybe that we asked the wrong question in our Twitter poll. Maybe we should have had in there, or do you freeze it where we're at? We don't dial it back, mm. but do we stop cap technology? It. Do we cap it? I mean, like they did with the uh, CR. Right. Yeah, th- that's possible. One thing that I, I look at is, you know, golfers are just better 
athletes and, and that in turn is helping hit the ball farther we wouldn't have seen you know obviously Tiger Woods brought the workout aspect into golf but you look at Brooks Kepka this year admitting that he could bench press 225 pounds 14 times right as if he's an, he's an NFL that's, that's unbelievable yes. and we would never see that no. two years ago three years ago and right. so these golfers from coast to coast around the world are just better athletes yeah, that's certainly part farther. of it there's so many factors mm-hmm. um before we get to the other side we got to do some leaderboard updates from the world of golf uh, I asked Bob, and we've asked our Twitter universe. Uh, Bob and I both expect good things from Tiger Woods and Brooke Henderson in 2019. Scully, who wins more times? Bob has Brooke at four, Tiger at two. I've got Brooke at three, Tiger at two. So we both think Brooke will win more than Tiger in 2019. What do you like? I've always been, uh, you know, optimistic with my uh, with my guesses here uh, on golf. Especially with Tiger Woods, you've been, you've been right more than you've been. Especially with Tiger the Woods, rest of us yes. experts. Yes. I, uh, thank you. Agreed. Uh, I've had a few too many pucks fired in my head in my day, so sometimes <laughs> they're, they're a little bullish. But uh, I'm going to say they're actually going to tie with four tie. wins each next year. Wow, four wins each. Wow. And I think he, here here is my estimation, which we'll uh, say again on our Golf Talk Canada year interview shows. I think Tiger Woods is going to win the Open Championship at Royal Portrush to go to number one in the world. And and get number one in the world oh that week. And Th- There's my prediction. And Adam Scully, Adam Scully and Bob Weeks will both be on location for that. We'll be there. We'll wow. be with yep. the Claret Jug and Tiger and... We had to write this down, and we got to make sure we get this in our year in reviews. This I, I will not forget that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, speaking of year reviews, on the yes. other side, we'll do leaderboards from around the world of golf, and we will talk and preview our year in review special. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Adidas Golf and new Tour 360. Visit adidasgolf.ca. Adidas, geared for more. This segment of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura, is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zacchino, Weeks, Scully, the entire team here in the studio. Winter schedule, we're going to stay live right through to November the 17th, all live shows from GTC Radio. November 24th is our first year in review special, part one of three parts. Mm -hmm. Then we are back live December the 15th for our annual Festivus special, which uh, tickets are already gone. They're gone. It's been, it's been sold out for wow. months, months. We've okay, actually really? installed stadium seating here. Yes. In I understand Ticketmaster is reselling with a yeah. profit. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, so I've heard. I heard we're the hottest ticket in December. We are the ho- yeah. Yeah. Like, we're going to have to have extra security that day at the yeah. door. It's going to yeah. be brutal. I'll be, I'll be co-host and bouncer at the uh, same yeah. time. Then yeah. we'll go into winter hiatus. Well, we'll go into a repeat schedule for winter hiatus. Then Sunday, or excuse me, Sunday, Sat- unless we've been moved, <laughs> yeah. Saturday, February the 2nd, Season 9 of Golf Talk Canada Radio wow. will continue. And then in March, um, uh, March, let me get the date on this right, March 13th, gentlemen, will be the season debut of season five of Golf Talk Canada Television. Mm. 
And now, how good of a weekend is that going to be in February? February 2nd, the Golf Talk Canada and the Super Bowl. And the Super Bowl. Day after. The Super Bowl. How good is that? That's it. We, we come back with the Super Bowl. Uh, a team you guys laid me... Uh, Dumped on me. By yes, the way. yes, yeah, it's not working so well. That is not. If only you picked Cleveland, that would have been great. Yeah. So it looks like it appears that my PGA Tour radio schedule will start the week before we kick off. So which is great, which puts me in studio for our uh, all three of us. Hopefully in studio for our season nine Love kickoff. It. I'm starting at Tory by the looks of it. Wow. And then coming home and and uh, maybe Tiger's first win. Maybe. It could be. Back. Could be first. Cer- cer- first. First to four. Yeah. For, uh, certainly. Possibly his first start of the season for sure at yep. Tory would more than likely unless sure, you know yeah. unless he surprises us and doesn't play. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, year in review, we got three parters. Yeah, you know it's kind of you know it's interesting. I'm gonna throw this one at you because I threw you the Brooks and the Tiger. And year review specials are funny because some years. Uh, every category you go through could kind of be a slam dunk where, you know, we all, I think we all agree on who the player of the year is and this, that. Out of all the things we could potentially discuss, what do you think might get the most uh, different or the different uh, variety of answers? Like, do you think we all agree on what the major, the best major of the year was? Ooh. Or do you think there's another category that would create more conversation or controversy or that we might split? Because quite often, guys, we agree on a lot of things. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Uh, do you think there's something out there, Bob, that we might have three very strong opinions about differently in terms of when say, we're handing out some I would hardware? Say who is the host of the year? <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, hands down, it's Adam Scully because he had to carry our bags so many times this year. We were all over the place this year, you and I. Adam Scully is hand down the host would, of the year. He would vote for himself. Thank I, you very much. I would vote for Adam. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, like right now, okay. Let's let's go right there. Let's tease it. We only have a few minutes left. Let's tease it. Let's okay. start. Yeah. What was the best major of the year? For you guys and why? Well, uh, for me, it's between the Open Championship and the PGA Championship. Uh, the Masters, um, the Masters could have been great, but Sunday was a bit of a disappointment in the fact you know we thought it'd be a Rory reduel and, mm-hmm. and Rory out of that first tee shot and missing some short putts on two and three. It was sort of mm-hmm. over. But the U.S. Open was a gong show. Let's, so let's, uh, can we all agree the U.S. Open was our least favorite major of the year? It, it, it turned yeah. out. Uh, turned out that it was way. a little anticlimactic in the sense how it finished. And Tommy Fleetwood, how he finished what ninety minutes before Kepka to win. Right, but uh, he couldn't sink a putt to make it interesting. Yes, yeah. I remember watching. We'll get into, into the show, but I remember watching DJ in the first two days of the U.S. Open, thinking he's going to win by seven. Yeah, right. And it just got so cold. But for me, it's it's the Open or the PGA Championship. The Open was so interesting because of the course setup. It was so it was as dry as this table. Right. It was hard as this table in there, and and you know the golf course was um, so so challenging in that sense. And obviously the, the Tiger. Uh, comeback there was was very close and the PGA Championship as well. That was a golf course, uh, a pretty modern setup, some thick rough and some long. So we'll have course. to wait until the year in review yes. to get your one. That answer was not the official. best answer of all time. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> one of those oh, no, two yeah. will win. Yeah, Bob, do you know right off the top what your favorite is this year? Yep. Do you want me to reveal it? Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to say the PGA, and and this comes from a guy who was at all four. So yeah. so for me, a little bit of the environment that. Yeah. Got in the, the, the not crowd, everybody yeah. could see, but the crowd there was like spectacular, mm-hmm. and the uh, uh, the fact that Tiger that that run he made on Sunday where he made what he did what he was shoot four under in the front nine without hitting a fairway. I mean, there were some really yeah. cool moments there. Yeah, yeah, there certainly was. I'm torn. I don't know. It's def- I'm with Adam. It's in between those two, and I, and I'll, I guess I'll figure it out by the time we get to our year in reviews because for me. 
uh, Tiger having a legitimate chance to win late on a Sunday, hitting it all over the ballpark, making those shots. I thought it had a really accurate setup at the PGA for what a go- for what was really a boring golf course mm-hmm. that created actually a lot of drama down the stretch because of the people that were in the movie and the fact that the setup was correct mm-hmm. and the support from the fans. As Bob, like I remember when Bob landed he, on the on the Tuesday, was he texted me? He goes, "I've never seen people like this on a practice round before." <laughs> it Mark. was incredible. It was incredible. So that. You know, it was kind of an interesting story. But then I look at the Open Championship and, you know, Molinari, what a story. And Tiger was in the mix there. And I love that, you know, Carnoustie may be the greatest Lynx golf course in the world, potentially. Mm -hmm. And the Mother Nature setup and coming off the U.S. Open, showing what leaving something alone can do instead of interfering Mm -hmm. and dictating the dictatorship of a U.S. Open versus the Mother Nature. Of mm-hmm. an open chat, the storyline there yep. was very attractive and intriguing to me as well. Um, I got to think about this. I got to think about this. The good news is I got a few weeks to think about it. Yes, I'm gonna ro- I wake up Heather in the middle of the night, 3 a.m. I go, "What's a better story? <laughs> Tiger down the stretch or man versus nature?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, go to sleep. Go to sleep. Roll over on your new firm mattress, <laughs> you old man. Oh, my God. <sighs> All right, a couple of minutes left. What's up this week, boys? Is there any golfers? the Canadian golf season officially over for Team GTC? Uh, the Canadian golf season's over for me. My sister's getting married a week today. So, well, so that, oh, that, congratulations. That's, that's hey, what's your sister's name? You always Sarah, refer to her Sarah. as your sister. Sarah. Congratulations, I, I, I will tell Sarah. A fun, I have no time to tell, tell a funny story here, but she is a very natural athlete. She has yeah. a hole-in-one. Wow. Uh, she can spin a, a wedge like this. Really? But she only plays golf if there is a beer in her hand at the same time. So, uh, well, like she should me. join the Toronto Hunt. That's 70% of the membership. <laughs> I won't tell you what the other 30% needs to play golf. No golf, but i got to run tomorrow. Uh, half marathon. No golf. Half marathon. Yes. Waterfront half marathon. Enjoy that, Bob. Good luck. And I'm Good sure luck. you'll see some other Bell people there as well. I'm yes. pretty sure. I think yes. uh, Kevin Gibson, right? I think we, so. Has, we'll has see. run we'll before. Is he? Gibby yeah, run? Gibby's run sure. that we'll before. See. We think so. Yeah. We'll okay. 100% if he's in it this year. But anyway, have fun tomorrow. Good luck. Have a great week. And I'll see you guys next Saturday. Sounds good. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, first good decision in the golf. Of course, it always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Golf Talk Canada. For blogs, show archives, video highlights, and TV schedule, visit us online at GolfTalkCanada.ca.